Good morning. I'm your host, Claudia Shambaugh, welcoming you to the March 22, 2016 edition of Ask a Leader. Happy Nauru's and uh, Vernal Equinox. Less happy for what looms in Brussels today after this morning's attacks. Also, it is World Water Day. The Obama administration will be hosting today a White House Water Summit. The, uh, the live streaming's got about 25 minutes if you want to turn me off and go to the whitehouse.gov website for their water summit. It's uh, raising awareness of the national importance of water and highlighting new commitments and announcements that the administration and the non-federal institutions are making to build a sustainable water future. Watch for later coverage. Today, my first guest, Carolyn Inman, will get into the weeds before the Irvine School Board gets into your pockets with the June primary election ballot measure. And during the second half, Marine Corps veteran and chairman of the Orange County Veterans Memorial Park Foundation, Bill Cook, will post us on the latest with the Veterans Cemetery in good old Olsey. We'll be right back after a short station break. Welcome back to the show. My first guest is Carolyn Inman. She's a retired educator and now regular contributor to the Irvine Community News and View. Her education includes majoring in theater arts at El Camino College, a BA in speech and English with a minor in political science and psychology at UCLA and a master's of arts in speech at Cal State Northridge University. Carolyn's instructional experience includes Pacific Palisades High School, St. Mary's Academy in the Inglewood area, Louisville High, and Woodland Hills. Her husband and she form a sort of power couple in public education circles over these many years. After coaching the University High School speech and debate team, Carolyn Inman decided to return to communications. She left IUSD to teach speech and debate at Cerritos College while at Mount San Antonio College, where she was assistant director of forensics, helping lead the team to its first national championship. As director of honors, she ran quite a successful honors programs known around the state. As department chair, she mentored new college professors, as well as run the, uh, the department. She, ran, she later served as president of the 11,000-member Community College Association. In 2008, she was named Teacher of the Year at Mount SAC. She served as council member of the Senior Citizens Council, secretary of the Irvine Child Care Committee, secretary of the Irvine Children, Youth, and Families Advisor Committee, immediate past president of the Exchange Club of Irvine, ambassador of the Joyful Child in memory, memory of Samantha Runyon. Carol Inman currently works as an executive speech coach. I suppose she could tell me a lot about what I could do better here. Her work with Tanya Brown has produced speeches on domestic violence and mental well-being that Tanya has given throughout the country. Together, they've published a book on domestic violence entitled The Seven Characters of Use, Abuse About Domestic Violence. You can hear a full interview about their book on my colleague Janan's Bernstein's Monday PA show, Get the Funk Out. The podcast is on her October 26, 2015 show. Today, Carolyn is here to post us on an assessment district, also known as the School Facilities Improvement District. Mighty important kind of public finance we all got to wrap our minds around today. Uh, and it's up for a vote on this June's primary ballot for just particular parts of the city. Uh, she's previously appeared on the show. I'm welcoming her back. She was uh, running for the school board in a special election, unsuccessful at there, but I'm welcoming you back, Carolyn Inman, to the show. Thank you so much, and thank you for the beautiful introduction. Well, it's all the beautiful work you're yeah. doing. <laughs> well, Carolyn Inman, first tell us what the Irvine Unified School District Board voted on to put before the people of Irvine on June 7th's primary ballot. Right. Well, you've already mentioned that it's called the School Facilities Improvement Measure. They even use 
S-F-I-M on occasion to, as a little acronym. Uh, the reason is that our older schools are, are desperately in need of updating. Uh, the newer schools have a, have a standard that, that the older schools just cannot meet at, at presently. Uh, there needs to be money in order to do that. I wrote a column in January, actually, called Does Irvine Have Educational Equity? And the answer is no. There, there isn't equity between the older and the new. So what they've done is uh, they are placing a bond measure, a measure on the ballot. The money has to be used to upgrade the aging schools. It can't be siphoned off for administrator salaries or anything of the sort. Um, there could be money used that they have, but what that would do is it would it would damage it you might say it would it could take money away from academic instruction, which of course nobody really wants to do so what this bond is to do is to protect the funding for teaching and instruction, leave it there, and get a different funding source for these facilities okay, so we're going to break down to the Mellow Bruce districts and talk about what's the the relationship between Mellow Bruce districts which is charging an increment local real estate tax an increment above the regular property tax that's assessed everybody the relationship between the Mellow Bruce districts and the boundary that is drawn by the school board for this particular special assessment district Right, and I'm going to ultimately say that the best, one of the best ways, we'll talk about it, of course, but it's, it's, uh, there's a, excellent map on the district website itself that shows it way more clearly than, than we can use in words. But well, we'll give it a try. Mellow Roos, or the CFDs, Community Facilities Districts, are, as you said, in addition to regular property taxes. They are a special tax. Uh, they needed a two-thirds vote uh, originally. Um, they are to to do the same, a similar kind of thing, finance major improvements um, within the district. Uh, it could be a school district or a city or uh, a county. Could you know all of those agencies can uh, get a mellow roof, and the mellow roof is for the newer areas. And so the newer subdivisions uh, that is going to become the rationale as well that these newer areas that are in the CFD community facilities districts have a special tax already. Okay, and so the line then is drawn through the district, and I'd I'd like for you I I wasn't at the meeting, so truth you know, uh, when the school board presented their case for why they wanted only certain portions of the district to be voting up or down whether this assessment district should be created. Okay, I wasn't at that meeting either, actually, but I've you know read everything that that uh, they've put out and et cetera. Well, the the rationale, but basically, the newer parts of the district. I'm looking at the map now. I pulled okay. it up on my computer. If if you go the, the areas that are going to be taxed, if this passes, the there are areas that starts of. Uh, at the south end with Bonita Canyon, goes all the way through the older part of town, all the way up to Northwood, uh, Canyon View, Santiago Hills, all of those schools. So there's a red line on this map, and that's the, the, uh, the older areas that are going to, to have to do with this bond. The newer areas are east, and to most of them are in the north, so they're in the northeast, and we know those are the newer areas of town. So you've got Stonegate, Woodbury, Jeffrey Trails, all of those schools. And Vista However, Verde, too. The Vista Verde. Uh, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It, goes, it then does go south again because of Alderwood and Vista Verde. So they're in the newer areas. So the rationale is that those newer areas um, already have the mellow roofs. They already pay for improvements in their 
for their schools. And so the older areas, which will be this new boundary, you know, this, this new situation, uh, they, they would then pay for theirs. So there will be two districts. One is the older CFD. And, uh, I'm sorry, one is the newer CFD, and the new one will be the, the older parts of town, which is the, the school facility improvement district. And so they draw the lines, and it's, it's the, so if, if my child goes to Bonita Canyon, then the neighborhood district of Bonita Canyon is part of this SFID. Well, now that we're talking about some of these schools, like Vista Verde is serving Households that are both in Melarus districts and out of Melarus districts. So, uh, see, yeah, that's exactly that was my first thought. Was wait a minute, this isn't quite as clean cut as you might think because uh, I happen to live in University Park, which will be in the Bond. I'll just call it the Bond district. Right. Um, but many of our neighbors and friends around here. Uh, take their children to Vista Verde. As so does their University children are Hills. going to a new school. They live in an old neighborhood, and so they'll be paying this even though their children aren't going. In a way, though, you know, we, we're supposed to be a unified district, and we, you know, if you went back to an older model, then we would all pay for whatever we needed. So, but it does, give, it does uh, fall apart just a little bit when you take those two particular schools. Well, right, right, and but not that doesn't show up in the other districts. Then the other Melarus sections of town, though, the way it breaks down in in uh, Vista Verde. Yeah, I don't think so okay. because uh, right, just it, well, and that's the the original Irvine had all of these wonderful uh, kinds of opportunities, such as a year round school and so forth, and so we've always had a little bit of flexibility in the way that you know, the way that, that things are done. So, you know, Vista Verde is, is the main one. Right. For those of you who've just joined us on Ask a Leader, you're tuned to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, uh, where my guest is Carolyn Inman. She's a retired educator and a speech coach. She's been chronicling the assessment district that is up for consideration for some of the residents in the Irvine Unified School District. So it's the bi- bisected district for the sake of the, this argument is a sense. So um, there's an interesting history where the school board and city council previously had tried to leverage the most in local financing to take some of the the responsibilities, to share the responsibilities of some of the upkeep of all the schools in Irvine Unified School District with the the the, the, the uh, landscaping assessment district. And that was to take advantage of the change. You were alluding earlier that no longer were, well, assessment districts are not required a two-thirds plurality vote uh, to raise in, to raise revenues, to raise taxes, but uh, this time around it's 55% is necessary for approval of a local financial measure like this. So um, now you were, you were here when that the Landscape Improvement District was formed as, the, um, as a cost savings to the district. Is there, was that alluded to in uh, either argument for what is about to, what will be presented on the June 7th primary ballot? Uh, I'm not aware. I haven't read anything about that. I don't know if they've alluded to that or not. One thing that we didn't talk about yet, I think I, I, well, and that is that the, um, the, the older parts of town that will be in the school facility improvement district are the only, they gain the benefits. Uh, they're the only ones to vote for the bond, so the people in the newer parts of town will not have the opportunity to vote for it, uh, but they don't have to pay for it either. So, so that's uh, another way that I, I meant to say that they've, in terms of drawing these two districts, they're really separate because the, the people in the new district will vote for it, get the benefits from it, and pay for it. Well, Carol, can you give us a sort of a an accounting sheet of what 
what will the beneficiaries expect it to to app? You you, me, you mentioned it in general right. terms, but if you could break down, what kinds of benefits will they incur? Well, it's very interesting. I first thought it would be primarily just from the name, that it would be primarily about maintenance, and it is. It, of course, has things to, you know, like roofs, plumbing, electrical systems, heating, cooling. They list those kinds of things. But it goes much beyond that. Uh, There's also uh, a matter, you know, in terms of equity, uh, when you have very excellent facilities, it is possible for a student to get a perhaps a, a better education, for instance, in science labs or that kind of thing. So there, there will be upgrades. Uh, one of them is career and technical, which the state wants us to, to do more of so that people can get uh, excellent jobs after they, they graduate. Um, the others are science labs and art and music labs. The, the third area, I kind of divided it a little bit differently because their list was very long. The third area, rather, is uh, traffic and safety. Now, when I visited schools in the mornings to say hello to people and uh, so forth in terms of uh, the election, uh, the traffic and safety situation is extremely frightening to me. It's, it's, uh, there's just so, we've become a computer society. Now, in the new schools, they're, they're designed with circular driveways and all kinds of things that, that theoretically uh, help that safety issue. Uh-huh. The old schools, I'm thinking my grandson goes to University Park, the old schools don't have the land to do that sort of thing. Uh, but evidently they're going to try to improve some of that because there are, if you, if you think about, well, even in a new school, if you think about a stone gate with 1,100 students, uh, that isn't 1,100 cars every morning, <laughs> but it's a lot of cars every morning, and the old schools have the same thing. And then the final area is accessibility for students with disabilities. Now, I suspect they're going to have to pay for that, whether or not this passes, because that's, that's law. But anyway, those are the areas of, um, of what this money will go for. Is there Are there also earthquake retrofitting kinds of things, or is that way past any kind of... Uh, you know, I think that, that that isn't listed, but when, when I toured the schools, I thought that the modern is people, I was in the older schools to begin with, I thought that the modern, see, they had a thing where the state, when a school was 25 years old, the state would modernize it. So I thought that meant, you know, make it good looking and have a, com- a great computer lab or something. That was primarily, well, it was funny because it was primarily having to do with law. So it had to do with ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act, which I've already referred to, and right. earthquake. So th- those were not um, the the bells and whistles, or even the you know very important technological computer labs, et cetera. Those truly were just to get it up to get a school up to speed, and that's why the state would give the money because they had passed laws in the 25 years the school had been around, and the school needed to be be brought up to date. I didn't I haven't read anything about um, earthquake on this uh, perhaps that's already been totally done I don't know and is there something pertaining to internet access too well the the I think when when they do um, when they upgrade for courses they talk about science labs and technology and I'm sure that's what that means Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, the new schools have beautiful te- uh, computer labs, you know. I would walk in and there would be this marvelous library and next to it uh, a, a very excellent uh, computer lab. And uh, so, you know, the old schools deserve the same thing well, to I the know extent they can with ex- the space they have. Exactly. Sorry. Um, so people are leaning a little closer. I go, wait a minute. So this is on my ballot. I don't think it, a detail that's presented inside the ballot item, but what would this assessment show up in terms of a a household budget? How much annually would would we expect to pay out? Okay. Uh, Now, what they said in one of their, their, um, well, they said it in several different places in their literature, is that it would be $29 to $43 per 100,000 of property value. I got 
quite excited, and someone reminded me that's not market value, so it's it's not as much as you know my first thought was. Uh, what that comes out to for the typical homeowner is between $121 to $203 per year for the typical homeowner within the measure boundaries they call it. Okay. So that's that's the amount. Now, in a more recent publication of theirs, I read that it comes out approximately ten dollars a month. They're using the hundred and twenty-one to get to that. I suspect. Is there a senior citizen exemption like what was for the landscape improvement district? I don't believe so. I haven't read anything about that. That would be a good idea. Would have been a good idea. Uh, one of my thoughts was that in these older parts of town where we live, there are probably way more senior citizens than in the brand new parts of town. So I don't know if that's going to be a problem for passage. That exemption might have been a really good idea. Well, Carolyn Inman, you are the veteran of work in many different school districts around the Southland. I'd like to have you tell us what kind of a precedent you see this bifurcating a school district for financing. Uh, what, What does that precedent do? Well, Could I, I talked to uh, Lori Ruiz, the um, director of facilities in Irvine, and she said that it's the other way around, that there is already precedent. Uh, it, we aren't the first ones doing this, that one of the reasons they thought of this is because it is done in other places. I've never been, all the districts I've been in, I've never been in a district who, that did this. My my feeling, and, and maybe it's just, you know, sentimental, I don't know, but the word unified to me means we're all in it together. <laughs> and And I see the precedent, the problem with the word precedent is I see what does, what will happen in the future. Does that mean, okay, uh, you know, the one had Melarus and now the older ones had this, you know, this new situation. Uh, now, if the middle of town needs um, a football stadium, I don't know if that's a good example, but they need something. Um, do they have to have their own bond? And how many, <laughs> how many extra taxes would, could a person end up having? Uh, there is a state uh, a state bond that is, um, you know, going, prob- is going to take place in November, so that's another another problem. But um, in what way is it a problem? Well, it just seems like it it's. Well, see, I'm I'm for bonds. You know, I'm a school person. I've never voted against a bond, uh, but I do think that it might be. Um, well, the word I'm the only word I can think of is frightening. I mean, if I'm going to pay for, you know, if I vote for Irvine and then in the fall I vote for the state bond, you know, how what difference is that going to make to me financially? And I don't mean me. I mean me as a, you know, a generic right, uh, a generic household person exactly. Right, right. Well, I mean, it sort of begs the question. Were the whole school district involved in raising the funds, you're you're going to reduce what every household has to pay. Exactly. To, and it's almost, the, the expense is, is sort of very nominal. If it was $10 a month, then you add, which, which are, you know, reasonably affluent homes to be able to afford those uh, Melrose District new subdivision right. homes. That could, I don't know if it brings it down, takes a third off of that, whatever. So, But that might have been discussed at the school board meetings subsequent. Right. Oh. To the motion. Um, well, yeah, and I think that we have a we have um, a, a very high percentage in town of renters, and although the owners will probably pass on, the renters won't directly be voting either. So, in some of the older parts of town, if you have a high per, you know percentage of renters and you have a high percentage of seniors. Uh, it does seem to, you know, that if we had all shared in the burden and it was even less, uh, that might that might be a good idea. But that's, you know, that's not what uh, that's not what they've done, and um, so you know we'll see that the schools the schools certainly need upgrading. That there's no question about that. Well, it's an interesting matter the equity between schools. Uh, and I know there are foundations that some schools have. Vista Verde had an extremely right. well 
healed uh, fi- has or had that I was familiar with in the past. So that that always uh, sort of drives an equity question about exactly. not all campuses in the Unified School District are equally funded for that private money. Uh, yeah, so, well, uh, that's an excellent point because I taught at Turtle Rock, and I remember, you know, running with the my fourth graders in the, um, um, you know, a jogathon thing, and then coming back in, and of course we were all tired and didn't want to do any more work. Yeah. You know? And I remember thinking that okay, in in that hour we raised thirty five thousand dollars. Now, wow. of course, it wasn't that hour. It was all the work the, the kids had done before. But I remember sitting there in my classroom looking at the kids, and everybody was, you know, tired and sweaty and, you know, and thinking, but there are schools in town that can't do that. Right. And so you're, you're absolutely right. It's an excellent point uh, that there's never been, there's never pure equity, no matter no. what. I, I no. just quickly to personalize this, uh, or, or anecdotalize this before we close here. I remember hearing about a, an arts, and um, there was a special assembly performer who mistakenly arrived at University Park instead of Vista Verde. And the oh. University Park administrators said, oh, we're so glad. But they they couldn't afford to have that enrichment I... program. So that, that was a haves and haves not situation within like about what two three miles it was pretty that that was i think quite telling and uh, a lump in the throat story really yeah so yes. well it's, carolyn inman i that. appreciate your coming on the show today to bring us up because i think it's not well known and i wanted to let community radio post what uh, is going to be on the ballot with the, all the other drama happening in the primary in california this year so uh, exactly thanks for being on the show today carol Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And this was Carolyn Inman. She's a retired educator and speech coach talking and chronicling the new school improvement assessment district in Irvine for part of the Irvine Unified School District up for election approval of the voters, 55% approval on the primary ballot. Be right back after a short break with Mr. Bill Cook, who's going to post us on the uh, progress made with the... uh, cemetery negotiations around the Great Park. Be right back. Thanks for staying with us. I couldn't resist Buena Vista Social Club with Pueblo Nuevo. Welcome back to the show. My next guest is Bill Cook state-level American Legion officer and chairman of the Orange County Veterans Memorial Park Foundation. He served in the Marine Corps from 1964 to 1968 with a tour of duty in Vietnam in 67-68. He attended school in Fullerton, Cal State Long Beach, and Pepperdine. At Saddleback, he's pursuing, well, he was pursuing, maybe he's finished it by now. That's what I had in previous uh, introduction. Uh, he, are you done with your degree there at Saddleback now? I need one class. Oh, all right. He's pursuing a degree in anthropology and a GIS certificate. He's also involved with Disabled Veterans Business Enterprise in the field of cultural resources management. So formerly a sales guy with an electronic component manufacturer for nearly 25 years, he has been operating with his wife, a, a baby clothes company called Frogs, Frills, and Daffodils, and chemical product called Bullfrogs Knot. Mission Viejo has been his home since 78. He speaks again today in his capacity as an advocate of the Veterans Cemetery at the former El Toro Marine Corps Air Base, or Air Station, so many different acronyms there, in his capacity as an advocate. And so uh, he's going to talk about that the former base, now portions of the Great Park under consideration for conveyance to the state of California, posting us today on establishing the Southern Californian Veterans Cemetery, which, as he's told us before, there there isn't anything new added to the almost maxed out uh, Los Angeles uh, Westwood and the Riverside Cemetery. So there is there's a list forming. So uh, we're uh, we're going to welcome Bill Cook back to ask a leader. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. Well, this 
there's lots of movement. I think it's, I don't know if it's just been the last months in the making where a new parcel than what we talked about in about, it was about two Julys ago. Uh, this parcel is now in the northern reaches of the Marine Corps Air Station, which Five Point Communities has proposed. And it's folks, it's the site uh, bordered roughly by Bake Parkway. I-5 and Alton in exchange for the previous Arta site that some of you who are following us closely are familiar with. It's subject to the Irvine Council approval and some other things. So, Bill Cook, tell us uh, maybe just a little shorthand about how uh, you were presented with this proposal, and then we're going to get into the, the media aspects of why why you like it so much. Okay. Well, we... As you know, the process was, was pretty much proceeding for what was known as the Artisite, site, which is a, uh, a parcel of about 125 acres that is up basically near where the new high school is being built along Irvine Boulevard. Now, that site, of course, has a couple of hangars on there. It has some runway, taxiway. It has a number of other things that uh, would need to be eventually removed in order to make it a usable cemetery. But the process is continuing through the California Department of General Services, which has the contracts for all of the subcontractors and environmental folks and everyone else who is now considering this site. They expect their reports to be complete approximately by the end of April and then to be submitting to the Federal Department of Veterans Affairs for the Phase 1 construction grant, which the deadline is is the 1st of July for this year. Okay. And following that we would expect then to appear on what is called the priority listing for the VA cemetery grants, stating that they have some money for us whenever we're actionable enough to take advantage of the situation. That meaning actionable means that the actual property there has to be transferred from the city of Irvine into the title of the state of California. Okay. So that's part of the process. Because the ARDA has a restriction on it, until the end of 2017, we would not expect to be able to be actionable on the grant until the beginning of 2018 and then begin whatever demolition process would be necessary to move forward on that. And uh, we would probably be looking well into 2019 or 2020 before we could even consider uh, the first internment of a veteran on that site. But the process continues. They, They do take a while to happen. And so that has been going forward. So the parcel I was mentioning yes. has the attributes you've talked all right about how the previous artist site required work to be done and the however this new parcel that five point communities has presented to you has some distinct features that I think we ought to bring out so that the whole public is aware of looks like a well, it, it's a sweet sort of mediation it, it, and a win-win. <laughs> it looks very nice. Now, the way this came about is it was presented to us kind of uh, back channel, if you will, right. by, a, by a representative of Five Point, just to see if the veterans would consider this as a favorable option. We considered it as our committee. We discussed it in depth, and we looked at a lot of the fine points about it, and we think that it is a very very gracious and generous offer in in all consideration. Um, We didn't really make full contact on this until the event of an OCVAC meeting, which is the Orange County Veterans Advisory Council. Right. At that meeting, myself and Councilperson Shea, Christina Shea, were both giving presentations. I was giving one on the cemetery. She was giving one on veterans housing. She did inquire whether we had heard about this offer And I said, yes, I did. And I kind of put her on the spot to make an introduction to Mr. Haddad and myself so we could get together and discuss what his offer was. She did that, and we have met, and we have uh, discussed this a couple of times now. And what we consider as the committee that we have a number of locational advantages, and let me see if I can go through these. Okay. Number one we had is our criteria our, is our heritage. We wanted the cemetery to be within the boundaries of the old MCAS El Toro. And you've eloquently put it before. You can say that, I'm sure it's a standard refrain, Why that? Her- what's that heritage all about? Well, because that, that 
base represents the place where thousands of young servicemen flew off to, particularly Vietnam, and that is the last spot they stood on American soil. For veterans in Orange County, that might as well be Gettysburg. Right. That, is, that, that, that represents our military heritage right here. It's, uh, it's become a, a site that we're quite emotionally bound to. And that's why alternative sites mentioned a couple of years ago were not acceptable because they weren't a part of that turf. They were, well, the sites that we have heard are quite remote, yes. There are sites that are along the 91 freeway. There are sites farther up in the hills. There was a a consideration that we would go to the FBI land, which has 400 acres on the old base. It was actually the old ammunition magazines. But the FBI will not part with that. They flatly told us no. Okay. So, So it is, this is a very nice area, and it has... Uh, the size of the sites, too, we're talking about are equivalent. We're not really sacrificing any any acreage, any land. In fact, probably because the alternate site is more, it's not exactly rectangular, but it's more regularly shaped, there may be actually more usable acreage in the new site than on the ARTA. Now, oh, the state plans called for internment of 200,000 veterans, uh, in construction over 10 phases, which was scheduled to be over 100 years. That's just the way they schedule it. So the first phase we would be looking at would primarily be entranceways, uh, flag-lined, walkway, and and uh, support buildings, basically. Now, this new site, if, uh, as you described it, it's by Bake Parkway and the, and the Five Freeway. It's very scenically pleasing as you're driving down the freeway, it, it, it will become very prominent, like driving past the cemetery as you go up through uh, Los Angeles up the 405 freeway. And it will really announce that you're in Irvine and here's the Veterans Cemetery. We think that that's really nice. There, We had some questions regarding traffic flow back off of Irvine Boulevard and the access for memorial processions and ceremonies. The The residents there were very concerned about how that was going to happen. They did not want to be disturbed by that. This eliminates that because we'll be able to form up in other areas and none of the residents will be seeing this. Of course, you know, there was a lot of concern and, and cultural concerns by the a very vocal Chinese opposition, and they would do demonstrations before the city council and demand that the cemetery be moved away. Uh, where this new site is, it's largely surrounded by light industrial buildings and freeway. There's no housing nearby. The cemetery entrance signs and other things that would disturb people's cultural sensitivities will not be in their neighborhoods, and it will satisfy a lot of the cultural issue that's been part of the storm here. Well, We I, will. Go ahead. And uh, As you're talking about these features, why do you think this parcel was introduced later than the other scrimmaging with off-site parcels and all that? What what made this deal come through? Why didn't it come through before? Well, this site was never really anything that we could consider. It was not, while it is within the borders of MCAS El Toro, it is not within the borders of the Great Park. Oh. So okay. it was... It was a privately held parcel, privately held by Lenar Five Point, and it was never anything that we could consider. When we were seeking a site, we we had to seek what was available left on the Great Park. Okay. What was available was the artisite, was 125 acres, that when you saw all the presentations for where the fields would be, where the houses would be, where the golf course would be, where the cultural tourists might be, where the where the balloon is and everything else, there was always this gray crescent that sat in there that nothing was ever marked out for. And because nothing was previously designated for that site, we veterans were able to say, well, you're not putting anything there. That looks like a great site for the cemetery. We'll take it. Okay. And we, we, uh, we took it, and we, we asked for that because that was available space, 125 acres of otherwise undesignated area which became called out by the Irvine Council as to be where the Veterans Cemetery would be, and that proceeded through AB 1453 through the state, through the Appropriations Committee, and the governor came down and after he signed the bill and said, this is wonderful, this is where a cemetery is going to be. And that's, that's the history of the origin of the artist site. 
Now, this other site was never anything that we could consider. We couldn't even cast our eyes in that direction. It was just not on not on the radar. Well, I, you know, I've got to say, there's a lot to be said for protracted negotiations to bring out every single issue, every single feature, so that, you know, Five Point Communities was in a position to to figure out a better solution on their behalf. And it turns Mm -hmm. out it's a better solution on your behalf as well. So, you know, obstruction, people say obstructing free enterprise activity. You have to make the argument that this is a public good that you're participating in creating and in institutionalizing after it's been probably, you've been working on this for how many years? Well, we actually trace our history back to when the announcement of the base closure occurred in 1999. Okay. But in that in that point, though, we were a number of individual voices crying in the wilderness, and we were easy to snuff back. And, of course, we had the long process over over airport proposals, over great park proposals, over, over a number of things. And what really coalesced us as a group is when the governor pulled all the redevelopment funding. And there was $1.4 billion that was earmarked for creation of the park in Irvine that suddenly disappeared, which brought in the offer from Five Point to build out a park, which then brought in an opportunity for us to form an organization and stand up and say, hey, we've been asking for a cemetery, now's the time. Consider us as part of this. We meet the criteria that you want in a park. You want heritage, you want beauty, you want something that fits with the community. You want something that brings brings honor to the city? We meet all that criteria, right? So that's that's when we came in, and the city then voted, of course, unanimously on the council to designate the site as the veteran cemetery, and and we're very thankful. Since then, of course, Irvine has been named the number one city for veterans. They're now hosting a brand new. American Legion Post, number 838, named in honor of Colonel Bill Barber, the hero of Chosen Reservoir, which there is a city park named for. Right. And and a number of other things are going forward. And and Irvine is just a very, very friendly veteran community. It's It's a wonderful place. And, you know, among other things that we want to consider about this site is, as I did mention, what the timeline would be. We could be out well into 2020 before we would see an operational cemetery. With this particular site, because there has been the the offer of uh, additional funding to support the site by Five Point, we can actually see a groundbreaking, an unofficial groundbreaking, very very soon, maybe even this year. No kidding! Wow. And and that that excites us greatly. And then the state would then have the advantage of having a a completed cemetery turned over to them, phase one built out and ready to go. And they would then be presented with a completed cemetery from the city of Irvine, ready to go without additional funding, without the millions of dollars that we anticipate would need to be spent to clear the art land. So we see a lot of advantages to this. It, it looks very, very favorable to the veterans. But well, again, we're single-dimensional people. We only think veteran cemetery, and we have tossed this proposal in to where a number of other considerations have to take place, and we're watching that all evolve. Right. Well, for those of you who just joined us, my guest is Bill Cook, Marine Corps veteran and chairman of the Orange County Veterans Memorial Park Foundation, with a status report of sorts on the Veterans Cemetery in good old Orange County here on Ask a Leader on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming on the web on KUCI.org. So then the one of the features I don't think I had a chance quite to say, but there were many you were have listed here that you're not having to clean up this site the way well, you that, would that other. Is, that is correct. As you drive by there now, you can see that all that's out there is strawberries. So strawberry hills, fields, forever, <laughs> not forever <laughs> and, anymore. And the, the configuration of NCAS El Toro was kind of an X-shaped runway layout. And at the end of the runways on, on each end where there'd be approaches and takeoffs, where depending upon which way the wind was blowing, there was clear area at the end of the runways. There was never a building put up there. There was never a road. There was never a 
anything that was a toxic dump in any of these sites. These sites were always kept clear, and this is the condition of this site. It is clear agricultural land. The only thing that may be polluting the site would be the fertilizer that they put in for strawberries. Yeah. Okay. There are no buried asbestos pipes. There are no hidden utility lines. It is virtually ready to go to be developed as a cemetery. So the timeline, as you can see, is, is very greatly accelerated for this. Well, I, I want to bring up a point that you mentioned in preparation for this interview as uh, when people come to you and say, well, Five Point Communities, they owe you a debt a serious capital debt of gratitude for renegotiating where you might locate the cemetery away from where they can maximize their profits to in in uh, their primary uh, demographic of Chinese customers that um, mm-hmm. you are saying this your money this isn't your money to make the the most off of I I, I understand your the valor in your comment I want though to uh, no, I'm sure people want to know, what will Five Point Communities be offering because they are getting so much out of this swap of parcels? Well, obviously, they're hearing from their salespeople and their customers the great concern that, that they have is over the future veteran cemetery. It's just something that lingers out there. The timeline, as you know, was, was quite long. This will go on for five, six years or more, and then there will be an operating cemetery possibly in the site. The, the high school nearby had previously expressed that they didn't want to be anywhere near a veteran cemetery. So uh, that which, part I don't get. Well, I don't we, understand Which that. we felt was just really? rather plainly insulting, but we'll leave that go. Um, really? I, I mean, I, not, I understand your point. I don't know that the, why the school <laughs> representatives would have posited that. I, I would have thought that you could have looked out the high school window and saw those who have paid the price of freedom that you would be grateful. But that apparently was not the case, and we didn't express wow. or, or pursue why. Well, but now, That's another show. But, but yeah. Uh, as as the cemetery would move away to another location where we wouldn't have the cultural concerns and it wouldn't impact the real estate values, that, of course, is to five points advantage. So they obviously see an advantage there, and, and these are people who will do the math and realize that uh, this could be a very gracious offer for the veterans and it would work out for all parties. Real estate values would go up. Of course, then Irvine gets more tax revenue, everybody comes out winner. We And we feel that the site that be being offered, again, is visually superior and yes. locationally better for processions, for everything else that goes on there. Well, you say that you're about three quarters done with this whole process of clearance locally, regionally, state, and then the federal sign-offs and that kind of a thing. Uh, what are some of the upcoming deadlines and hurdles? Well, actually, we're three-quarters done with the first part of, of the cemetery development, and that was the study of the site to determine what it would look like architecturally, what needs to be done to it environmentally, what needs to be cleared off the land, and what expense is there there, what hidden toxic items might be in the soil that we have to take off, there are buildings to be destroyed, there's a lot of site prep going on over there. Right now, it's it's being occupied by RV storage. And all of those RVs are trying to find new homes all over the county, and some of them as far out as Riverside. There's just a lot that needs to be done there. The, what, what I'm talking about here is just the first phases of it. Okay. Now, the, there was an appropriation from the state of $500,000 to perform this study and to get ready to submit a grant to the Federal Veterans Administration for their construction funding. They do have a grant program. You can look this up online very easily at VA Cemetery Grants and find all the details. But there's there's still more to go. There, the site needs to be cleared. There's millions of dollars of cost there. It's unsure whether the, the, uh, federal, the federal Veterans Administration will not pay that. The state may not. We are prepared as the Orange County Veterans Memorial Park Foundation to go into aggressive fundraising mode to be able to support that. We know that downstream we're going to have to be contributing to the O&M, the operations and maintenance portion of it, because the state does not pay for that, even though it is a state veteran cemetery. They get 
an allocation of about 700 or so dollars for each veteran burial that goes to the cost of operating a cemetery. But there will be more costs involved, and we're prepared to support that as our foundation. We're right now going into a fundraising mode. We have uh, the beginnings of it. You can pick up a very nice challenge coin that says El Toro Memorial Park from our website, which is ocvmp.org. And and pick up the uh, pick up the coin there. We ask a twenty dollar donation. Okay, we'll put that up on this podcast summary, and uh, then there. And you also need to not so much the capital improvements, but the the processing, carrying the water for the approval. That, that you there's a priority for mm-hmm. where cemeteries are constructed around the country, and so that's that's worked at yet. Is yet to be done, and you're saying that there's the tribal and the veteran. There's two different kinds, and if you could make that, that's the quick wrap up here. Besides giving me your Facebook here for people to follow the April and other deadlines and means of supporting you. Well, there is a Facebook for the improvement for the Orange County Veterans Memorial Park. You can find that. It's um, I Heart Orange County Veterans Memorial. Park Foundation, and there's an event on April 27th, or the the, the Fundathon, it's April 27th to, to the 48th, and then there's a July deadline, we'll, we'll bring that up here. I'm sorry that we, we just missed a bill there, we'll carry on in his absence, and I wanted to post you some announcements today that folks uh, tonight's a public meeting with the Irvine Unified School District office to take up the subject of toxic contamination testing on the Portola High School site. Harvey List talked about that last week and so you can listen to that uh, show I had. Um, I'm going to also post you that BC Space did have a lovely gathering with my guest from last week's. We had a wonderful time at BC Spaces, Vernal Equinox and American Crazy, and it was, it was terrific seeing some great artwork, and I'm recommending it all for you to go to the 235 Forest Avenue, where you can see some really some incredible art. There's a, a video loop that is staggering. You can always call in for appointment for that time with uh, to see Mark's work, other um, co uh, artist work at the number is 949-497-1880 for appointment. I'm just going to conclude with a, another Cuban tune with that I got to hear when I got to visit in February of 2013. So uh, be well. Next week, I'm going to have on Chris Bragg of the Aid Services Foundation, Orange County, along with Don Hart. They're going to have some new public health information in, in advance of this year's AIDS walk. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. El cariño que te tengo, no te lo...